Because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. Not it's all about not. control. To them we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking your every move. Locked in your mind, brainwashed until it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them, thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down the line to deceive you. And by then, it's always too late to see. Through the veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind Better take a stand We running out of time Ain't nobody coming to save us Fuck what you had in mind Arm yourself with the truth And jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible Divide up a four But united world This is for the world This is for the masses Attached to the strings Being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth Searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones Waking up from the spell Beginning to discover themselves Yeah, this is for the youth Searching for the truth Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some proof Hey, yo, the stage is set The game is rigged The system isn't broken It was designed this way And only the blind obey Give their mind away To these political, parasitical, cynical, criminal-minded individuals Getting you to surrender your freedoms To the hands of the state With every boogeyman they create Playing they order out of chaos In order to enslave us Distorted our brains to morally degrade us Faces off against each other Why they move the pieces On the global chessboard Directing the hordes I don't come to bring peace I was set with a sword A truth To get you mentally ready for war Step forth If you got the balls To call out these tyrants Or submit your compliance Through silence Cause in this filthy system Ain't a single soul to trust It ain't right versus left It's a state versus this us This is for the world This is for the masses Attached to the strings Being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth Searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones Waking up from the spell Beginning to discover themselves Yeah, this is for the youth Searching for the truth Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some proof This is for the world World Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. I'm your host, James Cordiner. My website is freeyourmindne.com. Um, we got a show lined up tonight. Boy, I've been waiting a long time for this one, and I really, really am excited. So as you know by now, by watching the intro video, the guest tonight is Mark Passio, and we're going to be discussing how important it is to speak the truth, no matter the cost. Before we get to that, though, I do have two orders of housekeeping to do. So we're going to do that now. First order of business here, I would like to uh, help Will Keller and the boys over at the uh, Freedom Under Natural Law uh, conference. The Funnel 2 conference is going to be happening on September 10th and 11th. 2022 this year this time around it's going to be called convergence unity focus action a huge lineup of speakers uh no lack of talent here so go to freedomundernaturallaw.com to learn more 
they uh the the natural freedom league is not going to be streaming tonight so i really wanted to make sure that i did my part to make sure that you guys all heard about this conference out there so now we're going to talk about a little bit about shattering the illusion say one day online event about natural law true anarchy consciousness mind control and the occult it's going to be on september 24th 2022 got a heck of a lineup for this one as well chris jansen ivan oyola jr myself james cordoner jennifer rose joe murray mark devlin mark passio nathan redette sean mccann and will keller uh we're going to be featuring a brand new song by diesel automatic uh and joe murray they're teaming up they're coming up with a song they're writing it collaborating and it's going to be kick-ass if you want to learn more about this conference go to shatteringtheillusion.info to learn more go to the speakers page if you find a speaker that you like you want to learn more about them based on their topic that they're going to be presenting on click on their picture and you know off you'll go right to their website and you'll be able to check out the rest of the content that they create and what they're all about so with that being said that does it for our housekeeping and we're going to come back over here and so now we're going to bring in mark passio uh, hello mark how's it going dude james thanks for having me on the show i'm doing well um glad to be here i'm so happy that you're here man like i said i, I really have been waiting for a long time to talk to you um before we begin i actually have something that I wrote down earlier today that I'd like to read to you. Would that be okay? Sure. Go right ahead. All right. Well, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a letter to you that I, I wanted to make sure I wrote it down to get it, get the, uh, get it straight. So, well, when I, when I first heard you speak, I thought you were going to be just an angry man shouting into a microphone about how taxes and cops are bad. And I kept listening. What I eventually caught on to, even though through the years of time that your show has taken place, you seem to have grown increasingly bitter, I caught on to that you really just want to help people, that you truly care about people. And you showed this by accusing people of being lazy. <clears throat> you would accuse people of hating themselves. You would accuse people of not taking responsibility for their actions. You would accuse people of staying ignorant you know, willfully ignorant. And I cannot tell you the amount of times that I sat there hearing you speak and feeling as though you were talking directly to me. And since that time, since the time I began to listen to you speak, I've also met many others that have also kicked my ass into gear. They knew who they are. And now, uh, now you know that you are also one of them. So thank you very, very much, man. Um, a lot of what you have done, the work that you have put out has really helped me save my own life. And it's helped me uh, change myself so I could be a, a, an effective agent of change in the world around me. And it's really, uh, really helped me become the better person that I could have always been for myself, for my family and for, you know, the others in my surroundings. And uh, although we've never met in real life, you know, it, it is important that I, that I at least say this to you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And I love you, man. Because James, James, thank you so much for that, man. I mean, that's just, it's a pat, that's a powerful testimonial, you know, to, to the work that I've put out. And, uh, you know, while my work can certainly be harsh to some people's, uh, ears, 
Uh, I'm glad that it lit a fire under you and inspired you. And uh, I'm glad that you took that ball and ran with it. And uh, that made uh, for betterment in your personal life. And now you are serving the truth to others. So um, thank you so much. I can't ask for any any uh, better of a of a compliment uh, to my uh, my work that I've been doing over the last 15 years or so, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you know that that helped you out, and uh, now you're putting that work forward to help others. That's what this is all about. Yep, it is. Uh, it's like you said back in the day, uh, which was a Wednesday, by the way. Got that joke from Ivan. Um, <laughs> you know, when you start learning these things, you have a moral obligation to put it back out, to speak it back out to others. And, you know, we, I wanted to talk to you about speaking the truth, no matter the cost, because this is not something that you're unfamiliar with. And, and there's really no one else that could really convey to, to people better than you the just absolute importance of using the the voice using that to speak truth not to because i hear you say all the time the first step of initiation is to stop lying for of course to yourself and other people too so what what do you what do you experience in your in your life if we can you know get inside mark passio's head a little bit more what do you experience in your life with people uh when you really do start speaking truth to them and you don't back down you know what 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 goes on i guess it depends on where they're at in their own consciousness uh how much they've become aware of how much work they've done upon themselves uh to change for the better uh how you know not lazy they've been in uh doing uh private personal work uh to recognize what's going on around them and to break former destructive patterns and to break patterns of ignorance so uh there's a spectrum of responses i guess you could say uh there's a gradient uh and for the people who have done a lot of that work uh, they're obviously going to be much less resistance, r resistant to hearing truth, even though it may be disturbing, even though it may be uncomfortable, because they have a framework, they have a basic uh, existing perspective from which to operate from, because they've looked into it a little bit, and what they're hearing is not completely foreign or alien to them. And for people like that, you know, w we're generally speaking, a similar language, although it may not be exactly identical, and there's room for communication, you know, so uh, in general, that'll go pretty well, it'll go smoothly, people will have a back and forth discussion, they'll hear what's being said, they'll respond to it. Uh, and we can have a true conversation, right, which, you know, you break that down, I always talk about the importance of breaking down words into their origin where where they came from right the word conversation literally means to change together if you go back to its etymological origins the the prefix con in latin meaning together or with and the verb versare in latin conversare conversation uh, versare is the verb to change 
Uh, and that's what a conversation should do. It should help both parties to change for the better because there's a back and forth of information. Uh, they can uh, learn and grow from the discussion. Now, again, that's the first part of it. That's uh, for people who have a little bit of an existing framework to operate from. Now, where you see combativeness, where you see resistance, where you even see belligerence is where you're talking to someone who hasn't done any homework. They haven't done any pre uh, work upon themselves. So they're coming from a perspective of literally pure ignorance where they don't know much about what's truly going on in the world. They have a preconceived belief system that's been fed to them from social engineers their entire life about how the world operates. And it's, uh, you know, it's an extremely uh, naive perspective. It's an extremely childish perspective. It's an extremely uninformed, low information density, you know, is what I generally call it. It's a, that, that person is low information and the information that they do or had received or that they are operating uh, on the basis of, it, it came from uh, sources that are attempting to establish negative propaganda and keep people in a state of mind control. And when you are talking to a person like that, the, 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 the essence of the being is shadowed and covered over. It's not truly, really, really there, you know, and that can sound, you know, uh, very condescending when people hear it, but it's in fact really true. Uh, you're talking to people who have not led a self-examined existence. They haven't even, I, I hear from, let's say, people who didn't really look into much of what I talk about, never watched any of the information that I put forward or other researchers, sometimes even members of my own family, you know, uh, will basically say, uh, I, I can't really even understand what you're talking about. I can't truly hear it and receive it. You lose me very, very quickly because they have, they've only been operating from that limited perspective and that low information density perspective their entire lives. And they'll say to me things like, I never thought of what you just asked me to think about one second of my entire existence. It never occurred to me. <laughs> I never even thought of thinking about that at all. And that's where a conversation becomes exceedingly difficult. That's where changing together is virtually impossible. It, it, it can be done, but it's exceedingly difficult to operate from, you know, that lack of a framework, lack of perspective, uh, lack of understanding. And you literally have to build little building blocks at a time. You know, for example, uh, you know, somebody might hear you say something from the past and you have to leave that as almost a little nugget of the truth, a little, you know, uh, putting the seed in the ground and, and watering it a little bit and then revisit another time, you know, because you're only going to be able to get them so far, make a little bit of a nudge in consciousness and then come back and revisit it. And then I've noticed that you get sometimes some improvement if the person is being honest with themselves, if the person is actually looking at some information, at least if they're not like totally closing themselves off. 
And then they'll come back and they'll say, you know, that thing that you said, I remember that you said it, and I kind of understand it a little bit more now. Then you can give them some more and get them up to a little bit higher of a level of understanding. And it's very, very, very painstaking. It's very, very, very slow. It, it's obviously far too slow for uh, the change that we really need to see to make a marked improvement in our world to avert what is going to be tantamount to catastrophe. Um, we are generally out of time. And, you know, if people don't do the, the great work, if they don't do the, you know, speaking the voice of truth to other people in earnest now at this time, this is the opportunity. This is the time. If they don't do it now, there's not going to be many more opportunities in the distant future. Um, you know, we have probably, I'd say a few years, if that, to turn this large ship of the world around in a different direction. And that's going to take an unimaginably colossal effort on the part of even the semi-conscious, let alone the very conscious. It's, it's going to take an unbelievably colossal effort from where we're at. And when we talk about, you know, as a theme for this entire uh, interview, the concept of speaking the truth out into the world, um, just I ask people on my radio, on my, you know, Internet television broadcasts, you know, my podcasts, I, I ask them simply consider how many voices of the lies of deception of mind control, you know, of social engineering are continuously putting that message out into the public sphere, into the public uh, consideration for for you know, their mental influence that they are uh, attempting to put people under. Imagine how many people are signed up to do that, to speak untruths, to speak lies and manipulations and deceits out into the world for other people to, to grab on and cling on to. How many lies would you imagine are publicly broadcast just in one day? throughout the entire world. Let's consider that as like a power source, right? If, if you were like plugging in that, if that represents energy that's going out into the world as a power source, and you're plugging into that dynamic, how many voices of lies, deceit, and propaganda, and untruth, and misinformation are out there in the world? And put that all together and consider how much energy that represents and how many minds that's influencing on a daily basis, just broadcasting out into the field of energy and minds are receiving it and latching on to all of those lies and, and methods of deceit and deception. Calculate, try to just imagine that, right? And just imagine that magnitude of what that represents energetically and work-wise, how many people have to be doing that great dark work, okay? Yeah. And then compare it to the voice of reason and truth and true philosophy and morality and real understanding of the world, and then calculate that effort, Try to imagine how many people are truly making the effort to really analyze the dynamics of what's going on and truly put forth a solution that really will turn it around from a moral perspective. And then 
ask yourself the question, which one is more powerful energetically? And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, which again, as you just spoke, was the very first step of initiation into the world of hidden information, hidden knowledge, and bettering the world is you have to tell yourself the truth. You can't lie to yourself because you want to hear the nice thing. Of course, we all want to hear it's all going our way. It's all going to work out in the end. Good always wins. <laughs> you know, the forces of good got this, right? Right. I, I think that has been a perspective that, again, has kept humanity very naive. It has kept humanity lazy. Because if people think in their minds, good has this, and it's an assured thing, and we're going to win, and we're winning, and you don't have to get up off your ass and get involved. It's just a sure thing, because good always wins. That is actually doing a disservice to humanity, making people, trying to get people to think that way. What would be of service to humanity is telling the truth about where we are really at, right? Tell the truth unapologetically about where we're at and don't sugarcoat it and don't imagine that it's some other way than it really is. And people I find even in the truth movement, even in the freedom movement so-called, have a very difficult time doing that because they want to believe good's gonna win. They want to believe they're not only on the good side, the good team, but that side's going to win. Hmm. And that's not an assured outcome. That, that It hasn't been for many, 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 many human beings who have lived on this planet over countless generations that have come before us. You know, evil has defeated cultures. Evil has destroyed cultures. Evil has tortured human beings and ended civilizations and come out on top. In the past, it, we only need a cursory, simplistic, cursory view of human history, let alone a, a deep understanding of it, to understand this. If we're being honest, right? If we're not sugarcoating it and we're not BSing ourselves and BSing people around us, right? And this is all I ask people to do. I, I, and it's a very different approach that they really haven't really truly fundamentally heard in their lives, right? Because they're hearing all the voices of lies, deceit, deception, and sugarcoating simultaneously. But they, what they haven't heard is start with an honest assessment of where we are at. Don't start with a doom and gloom perspective that it's all hopeless and it can never be solved, that we can never win this thing. You might as well go lay down, lay down in bed, don't eat, and die. <laughs> if, if that's your perspective, okay? I'm not a doomer. A lot of people will insist that I am, but I'm not. I'm I'm a, a very intense realist, okay? Do doomers are people that are like, you're never going to win. Don't even bother to try. I've never told people that ever one day in my life. I've told people, be honest with yourself and others. Accurately and logically assess the situation that we are truly in and start from there. Start from that point. Because if you don't have an accurate point of origin, you and 
and you know you want to go someplace else, you don't have you can't set navigational coordinates. You don't know how to get from point A to point B because you don't know where point A is. Even if you have a vague understanding of where your your destination is, if you don't know your origin point, you have no means of setting a course. And that's been my advice to people since day one regarding speaking the truth is don't sugarcoat it. Start from what you know to be true now about the actual situation, right? Don't over darken it, right? Don't, don't, don't make people think, hey, your effort will be wasted. So why bother to start? That's untrue. You don't know what we don't know definitively what's going to happen, right? But it, but if we stay on the course that we're on, then we can extrapolate what will happen. With no change in course, we can extrapolate the destination that we will end up at. That's very logical to conclude. And this is where I'm coming from. This is where I think people don't quite understand my perspective on speaking of the truth, because I'm not saying it's all wrapped up and it's a done deal and good wins in the end. That That's untrue. I'm also not saying evil is assured to win because they've been so powerful and they're, they're assured to defeat us and we have no chance. I don't take either of those perspectives. I take a perspective of if willpower is activated and put into action in mass, anything is possible. That represents infinite possibility. And then we can set course wherever we want to go. That See, that's the good news in all of this. This is what I keep trying to explain to people is I'm not giving anybody a doomed perspective. I'm actually saying something that is very positive. It's good news. It means all we have to do is get up off of our up till now lazy butts, activate ourselves, and then it is possible to change the outcome of where we're headed. If we don't do that, if we decide not to do that thing, then we are going to continue on the trajectory that we're going down. Because the way that the universe gives us the result of what we've put out into the world is very computer-like. It's it, And a lot of people don't want to hear that either. A lot of people think that's a negative perspective. No, it isn't. Anybody that has dealt with computers, has dealt with software, has dealt with programming, etc., uh, any level of coding, knows that if you structure something well, you put effort into it, you put willpower into improving it, then you're going to get positive outcome on the other side. This is how the real laws of attraction work. This is just how willpower and work in the world works to give us the result that we put into it. When a room is dirty and it's an absolute nightmarish mess, and if you don't look at the room and say, I have to make an honest assessment of the room. Here's what I'm going to need to clean it. This is about the amount of time it's going to take. This is how much work and effort it's going to take. It's going to take uh, you know, this, this much energy of myself and whoever else may, may be helping me. Then we're going to sit and actually do that work with the cleaning materials that we have to put together and, and assemble. You know, If you do that, then the result shows itself after you're done cleaning the room and you have an orderly place. If you don't do it, you have no right to complain that the room is still dirty because you just didn't do the work. It's like 
A plus B equals C. One plus two equals three. It's a very logical thing. It's, it's not personal. The universe is giving you exactly what you put into the equation. And then you get the result and you got to lay down in the bed that you made. It, it, it's very, it's almost so simple that when you explain it, it's like this shouldn't need to be explained. This right. is common everyday, should be common everyday sense, but it's not because people have been conditioned <laughs> since the day that they were born that either it's hopeless, don't bother to try, or um, you know, it'll just work itself out and it'll just fix itself without effort, without real work. Neither of those perspectives is true. And you have to approach it from a realistic perspective. The universe operates similar to a computer. I'm not saying it is specifically a computer, but it operates according to similar principles where if you code well, you get a proper result on the screen or in the printout or on the internet. If you code poorly, you get a poor result. And who is to blame, quote unquote? Who is responsible? The person putting the effort in or not putting the effort in, right? So we have to ask ourselves the question, are we putting the effort in Truly, or are we sitting back watching passively like a movie? See, this is the brainwashing, Hollywood propaganda, you know, um, <clears throat> social engineering, the new age movement and religion. It tells us we can sit back and watch like passive observers. And then we're just wa like watching it go by. Just be the observer. Just observe, right? No, you have to be the participant. You have to use your willpower to make change happen in the world. That's the sacred masculine principle. You got to care enough inside your heart, inside your heart-based intelligence, okay, to have the correct intent to want to improve the world for the better and improve morality, then you have to use the masculine principle of willpower to actually make it happen. It doesn't happen. It's not an automated process. It doesn't happen by itself. We have to make that change happen through our actions, through our behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me just turn this up a bit. So it, it seems like it's like a, in order to like he the, the healing starts with with the speech and all of the other it almost seems like it's it's the first step right just like how the first step of occult initiation is uh to stop lying to yourself and you know to essentially start start telling the truth to other people as well um it, it seems like that the the rest of <laughs> the rest of the problems can kind of can kind of uh, be easier to solve once we start speaking the truth to one another. And, you know, and so when somebody's, you know, stealing your property or, you know, trying to rape you or, you know, assault you or whatever, part of speaking the truth is standing up and saying no, standing up for yourself, knowing the truth and, and not letting people transgress upon you and act violently toward you and being able to tell people the truth about, you know, even institutions like the government being uh, violent and saying, hey, no, that's wrong. And can, and being able to talk to people about that and to convince them and to see, uh, to get the people that you're talking to, to see through the, the bullshit and to, and to understand it. So if you're telling the truth and then it's going to, it, it should be easier. Um, something that you were saying brought to mind that, 
uh, human beings, we have this weird, weird ability to overcomplicate extremely simple situations as if we need it to be complicated, that we need a problem to solve when the problem even right now today is very, very simple to understand. No way in people's responses, no way can it be that simple. No way. They need to overcomplicate it. And it's like, no, you want to just grab them, say, pump the brakes, please listen. It's not that complicated. It's very, very simple. There's a small group of people that are sitting in a building over there and they think that they can control all of the rest of us. And that is wrong. They don't have the right to do that. And they're like, well, no, 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 they do. No, they, and then you just, you go through the motions, uh, you know, and it's very, very complicated to understand, even though it's so simple. Um, it's in my own personal experience, there are people that have very vicious reactions to this, to, to these things. And they think that it's impossible. They, they think it's a joke. You know, I start talking to them about objective morality and how that, that is literally the master key. You start doing that and there is no excuse left over to have these psychopaths who seek to control everything that we do. If, if, there is no excuse to have these people. You start acting right. And that ex all the excuses for these people, all the dependency issues that we have, well, maybe not you and I, but the vast majority of people, that kind of we, they have these dependency issues and the government are the people that take care of them and wrap that in quotes. And with objective morality, it's like that's the healing factor of these dependency issues. You start acting right. You start telling the truth. Stop fucking around with people and screwing people over every day of your life. You see how quick, you know, we will clean up the mess. We will, we will be the ones to clean up the mess. But it will at the same time, as I'm talking about it right now, it kind of seems like during that cleanup period, it'll feel like it's cleaning itself up. But we're actually the ones doing it. It's just from a change in perspective. It's right. a change in mental perspective first that has to be internal. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, the tagline for my show is uh, ending slavery one mind at a time. Yeah. There's so there's so many uh, ways that uh, we can explore that because it, it is about the voice. Right. You know, th this is our topic for the night is is speaking the truth. Right. Yeah. Uh, I say in my in my broadcasts. The universe is spoken into existence. Our experience of life is created by thought and voice. And this is in every uh, creation tradition, in any mythos of religion or spirituality, basically throughout human history. It all comes down to thought form and then speaking. You know, it, look at the Genesis story. You know, uh, the creator speaks, let there be light is the first thing that happens. Okay. Uh, bringing it forward through the power of voice. Right. And then, you know, the, the two processes, again, that we talked about the, the, the sacred feminine and sacred masculine, you can look at those as internal and external perspectives, right? So the internal voice is the one that we have to use to tell ourselves the truth and not lie to ourselves anymore. Right. So, um, 
these concepts are really, really fleshed out and brought forward even symbolically through occult traditions as well. Uh, I could liken it uh, to the tradition of Kabbalah that I've talked about on my uh, podcast series. And uh, we could talk about, you know, in the tree of life, there's the two pillars on both sides of the tree, the pillar of severity and the pillar of mercy, right? The pillar of severity Geburah represents that internal voice. The, the, those, those spheres on the tree of life, symbolically in the Kabbalistic tradition, represent the throat chakra, the, the place of energy of the voice of speak, speaking and speech to oneself and to others, right? So Geburah or the, the severity um, uh, sephirot, uh, sephira is... Um, called severity because you are supposed to be severe when telling yourself the truth and how you have been lying to yourself, right? right. Uh, that's why it's on that left-hand side and it's considered, you know, the, the, the pillar of severity as it is called. On the right-hand side, that represents telling the truth to other people. That's the pillar of mercy. It's saying, you know, be, be somewhat merciful, attempt to understand other people's perspectives and what they have been through in their lives when you go and tell them, right? And yes, that, that should be approached that way. I'd say at least initially, when the person will, will refuse to stop lying to themselves, I think we do have to start using a slightly heavier hand because um, they are basically not telling themselves the truth about whether the behavior that they are condoning or even doing themselves is immoral, you know, because they want the result. As you, as you were saying, you know, people that condone government, they condone violence. They don't see it as violence, okay? No. They don't apply the behavior to themselves, and they don't tell themselves what they're condoning. They lie to themselves about that, they, or, or they, they fudge the data so that they, they euphemize it to themselves so that they come out squeaky clean, okay? When, in fact, their hands are covered in blood, OK, uh, and, and that's that's where we have to use that throat chakra energy to tell the truth to ourselves first. That's the first step. We have to stop lying to ourselves and be honest with ourselves about what the behavior in question really is. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, let's say someone advocates because of whatever health crisis you could possibly imagine, forced vaccination upon other individuals let's say i consider this a health public health crisis and i i think everybody should be made to take this well what are you actually advocating you are advocating that someone else has the right to put a substance into someone else's body even if the person who owns that body does not agree that they want the substance into their body so then what someone who advocates for, for that has to say to themselves is, one, first, what is that behavior? Number one, before you go anywhere else, analyze the behavior in question and be honest about what it is, right? Don't euphemize anything along the way, anything in the process. Do not euphemize it. Say what it really is. Then the second thing that they have to do is say what they condone that they would do to another person who refuses or what they would condone for a third party 
to do to a person who refuses. So let's say someone says, I think everybody should be mandated to take a vaccine. Okay. Well, what is that mandate? The, what is the behavior? The behavior is saying the free will choice of a being to say, I do not want a substance into my placed into my vehicle of consciousness, my body. See, there's a, the word my is possessive. That's mm -hmm. a possessive adjective. Okay. It implies ownership. It implies property. By saying my body, I am making an accurate claim of property because I have this body. I am using this body and I am responsible for the well-being of this body. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I get to decide what is placed into it. Just like if you own a computer, I have the computer rightfully. I've acquired it. I didn't steal it. Okay. I decide how it is used and I am responsible for its maintenance and upkeep. And I'm responsible for what software goes into it. That's why it's my property. See, property has characteristics, right? And this is what people aren't explaining through the power of the voice to ex to help people gain the understanding of objective morality because it all all comes down to property all of it because everything yep. that can be done against morality anything that be, that <clears throat> any action that can be done by a human being that is immoral is a violation of property it's theft, right? We, we boil right. all the transgressions against natural law, murder, assault, rape, theft, trespass, coercion, and deception. All seven of the true deadly sins of this world that anyone can do to another being are forms of theft. When we analyze them each in turn, murder, theft of life without right, assault, theft of well-being without right, you can go on and on down to deception taking someone's, uh, you know, a right to have accurate information, uh, you know, and make informed decisions. Okay. You, Self-ownership comes under this property right. Okay. If you own your body, then it's your property. No one can tell you what to do with the body. No one can tell you what goes into it unless you're actively physically harming or defrauding someone else, which refusal to put a substance in the body is not doing. That is not one of the wrongdoings. So people will say, I think the free will choice of another being not to have something placed into their body should be removed from that being. What is the free will choice of what you are permitted to do with your body outside of direct harm and defrauding of someone else is the, re the removal of that called that is making a claim of ownership on the body of the other individual making a claim of ownership on another person's body by saying i'm going to decide what you may put into it and what you may not put or even what you may not put into it that's called prohibition right but commanding what must be put into it which is called mandates of substances okay that someone may not want into the put into their body is a is making a direct claim of ownership on that bodily vehicle now what is the definition 
What is the word for this definition? One being or a group of beings making the claim of ownership upon the body of another being or group of beings. What is that the definition of? That hmm. is called slavery. <laughs> that is the actual definition of slavery, whether it is overt slavery, whether it is covert slavery, meaning if it's out in the open, ball and shackle, I own your body, you're going to perform the work that I say you're going to perform, or I'll kill you, slavery, or whether it's covert slavery, I'm going to subject you to endless propaganda and mind control and social engineering and false forms of media and false forms of education that are really indoctrination until I convince you that I have a higher claim to your body than you yourself. That's covert slavery, which is what government and social engineering actually is. So that's number one of what people have to do with their internal voice. Then with their external voice, do this, say out in the open, what you would advocate to be done to someone who refuses dictates, to someone who refuses mandates, and then hear yourself, listen back to what you say, actually make the statement publicly. Don't lie. Be honest about what you say you want done. So someone will say, well, I think if they refuse Someone should come to their property with whatever amount of force is necessary to hold them down and force the substance into their body. And then they'll say that and they cannot make the recognition because of how brainwashed a state that they are actually in, that that is actually taking away someone's free will rights as a being. And that is called slavery. It's not just violence. It's violent behavior, but it goes beyond violent behavior. It is the act of putting someone in direct bodily subjugation to another. And that is the condition under any definition <clears throat> you want to imagine it called slavery. And this is the thing that we have to speak about and raise more awareness and attention to. That what we really are in the so-called anarchist movement, in the so-called movement to help educate people uh, as to what natural law is and what objective morality is, is ultimately we are abolitionists. We are those who stand against all forms of slavery, overt and covert, both forms of the worlds of slavery, because there are two forms. There is overt slavery where it can readily be seen and the violence can readily be seen. And there is covert slavery that uses mental manipulation and deception to get people to euphemize the violence that is inherent to covert slavery and tells them, no, it's not actual violence and slavery. Uh, that is harsher definitions and harsher language than what it really is. No, they're euphemizing the language and it actually is slavery. And they've just been conditioned to think of it as not being slavery because of mental manipulation, mind control. Okay. So this is the two aspects of the voice. 
that have to be applied. It's an internal aspect first, then it's an external aspect second. Be honest with yourself about what the actual behavior is. Then say publicly what you advocate. And I myself recognize the inherent violence in the behavior. And therefore I say publicly, I don't advocate that that be done by any individual. I don't, I, I understand, I, I know definitively that the performance of, the, of, of such a behavior is violence and is not a right. It doesn't fall under what a human right is, a behavior that does not initiate harm to another sentient being. That behavior does initiate harm to another sentient being because it is the form of theft that thieves free will bodily autonomy and the right to remain unharmed and not be subjugated and enslaved. And that's called being honest with yourself about the behavior and then being honest with others about whether you would advocate that behavior to be done or not. And this is the discussion that humanity as a, as a, uh, an aggregate body of beings isn't having, we're not having that philosophical discussion. Unfortunately, that's why we're still enslaved because people don't know what rights are. They don't know which behaviors are violent and which are rights. Uh, they don't understand that what they're advocating is, is violence and slavery. And then in the next breath, they'll say, but I'm a moral person. I'm a good, I'm a good person. No, that's not the definition of what a good person is or does the advocacy of violence and the advocacy of slavery. Good people don't do that. Bad people do that. Immoral people do that who don't care about the difference between right and wrong. Amen. Um, yeah. So it's like speaking that, so we're talking about, you know, good versus bad people. So it brings to mind the principle of vibration where uh, it also acts uh it also acts with the principle of polarity as well. So good and bad exists on like a, like a scale, you know, uh, and vibration, high vibration, you're a good person. If you're operating at a high vibration, truth, speaking truth, uh, it enables you to get there to that high vibrational uh, uh, energy of consciousness. It, it enables you to, to do that and to actually help others get there as well because you are combating that transgression of deception and you're helping people really as, as harsh as it is. And as much as they want to turn away from it, um, the truth, we all know how the saying goes, knowing the truth will make you free. Uh, it's, it is the direct path to a state of freedom, it's starting by speaking out the truth, no matter how harsh it could be, it will raise your consciousness to a higher vibration and it'll make you a good person. You take everything I just said, do the opposite, and boom, just like Mark said, bad person. You're a bad person. And that's you know, the you... that that brings to mind the importance of being correct, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yes, there is true and there is untrue. Well, how are you you're... gonna know if you're if you're speaking the truth if you're incorrect? That's right. If that's you're right. incorrect, you're not speaking the truth. You have to be correct, you have to be right, you have to act right. And if we're if you, not taught the methodologies to be correct, how do we know whether we're correct or not? See, these are these are questions, not only are they epistemological questions about reality and you know what is uh, you know what is reality and what is true or not, but then uh, I'm sorry, th that's ontological. 
right? On ontology is the study of reality. But then we get into the epistemological realm of how do you actually determine what is true and correct versus what is false, what is illusion, right? right. This is what's so critical to understand. And that's what real education prepares someone to do. It puts the tool sets in their hands to be able to dissect any given body of information and come down to a breakdown and an understanding of whether it is true or not and to understand it and then put it into action. If we don't have that tool set, we're not going to be correct, right? right. It, I, I, I reemphasize over and over, correct and moral. Meaning the word, the words that we choose to represent them, the one word that unites those is the word right, right? Right means both correct, meaning you got the answer right. You got it correct. You did not mm -hmm. get the incorrect answer. You got the correct answer when you analyze this situation. And also moral versus immoral, meaning right versus wrong. We use the word right. That is the unity. That is what unites these two things. Being correct versus being morally right. They are actually one and the same, right? We think of them as not necessarily being the same, but that's the entire crux of the matter is that you cannot align your behavior to what is morally right until you become factually right. This is why the postmodern world is so dangerous. It's so evil. Solipsism is evil. Postmodernism is evil. Okay. B believing that there is no such thing as the truth is evil. Moral relativism is evil. Okay. Yeah. Because if you're saying there is no correct or incorrect answer, it's all a matter of opinion then you're saying you can't become factually right. And if you can't become factually right about anything, you can't become morally right about anything because you can't get the answer correct about what is moral and immoral. Okay. And that is why the tool set has to be put into young people's hands at an early age of how do you analyze a situation? Forget telling them what to think give them the tools to learn how to come to the correct answer. That's the yep. trivium. That's the true uh, uh, ancient uh, method of education and real learning and the real scientific methodology of uh, grammar, logic, rhetoric, or in the ancient world, it was simply knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Gathering the data, using logical transforms to come to an understanding of what it all means, and then using it in the correct moral capacity to do the right thing in the world. That's true wisdom. If people aren't given those tool sets and they accept dangerous evil religions such as postmodernism, solipsism, moral relativism, they can never become truly correct about which which behaviors are moral versus which behaviors are immoral and they will always be incorrect regarding those things at least a lot of the time 
Yeah. They may fall into being correct accidentally some of the time. <laughs> most of that. the time, they're just going to be incorrect and they're never going to truly know right from wrong. And unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. This is the confused world where people not only don't know the difference between right and wrong, they aren't correct about the difference between right and wrong. And most people, unfortunately, don't care about the difference between right and wrong. They only care about the one God that they serve, and that's money, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so true, man. Like the aspect of care that that's complete, like completely dead. And like, it's, it, that's where it really all begins. So we can talk about speaking the truth until we're blue in the face, but really, really guys, like everyone listening, you know, where it really begins is care. How are you like, if you're not, if you don't care, then you're not going to speak the truth. Right. You got to care about the outcome. You have to care about the reality that we're living in. You know, if you find it, Marcus said it in the past, I'll repeat what he said. Sure. If you find a way to get out of this reality, let me know. <laughs> I'll be the first one to go, <laughs> but that doesn't exist. So we need to, we need to, you know, get real with what's going on in our world. You know, what happens here matters. It does, absolutely does. That nothing matters. Things matter that happen here. We're here for a reason. Oh, we're yeah. here. We're here to learn, to grow, and to try to leave a positive impression and a positive inspiration in the world after we're gone, so that other people learn and don't make the same mistakes that were made in the human past. And unfortunately, the 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 last many generations of humanity really badly dropped the ball. Let's be honest. You know, it, it's up to like our generations to heal this whole problem or we're going to face cataclysm. And I, I'm not even saying necessarily a natural cataclysm. We could face a man-made cataclysm. It's been, it's happened in the past. There's no guarantee that that won't happen again. I think you it's know, happening right now, to be honest. We're in the middle of it. Yeah, absolutely. We're in the middle of a controlled collapse. It hasn't gone into quite free fall yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there. And, you know, that's going to mean mass death, like mass casualty, mass death, ma much more mass trauma. That, that and, and that trauma is not going to lead people to really necessarily want to pay attention. It's going to put them into survival mode. It could be a much worse state than the opportunity we still have. That's why I'm saying this opportunity should not be squandered. We have to take it very seriously. You know, um, I analyze symbolism all the time, right? I've talked about, again, occult traditions like Kabbalah and Freemasonry and tarot and analyze that powerful symbolism in many of those traditions. You know, one of the things in, in Freemasonry, I, I have gotten into a lot of the things that uh, the symbolism in that tradition means but that g in the middle of co the compasses and square uh means gravitas in latin in one of the uh interpretations right and it can have many interpretations it could have it can mean as i've said the generative principle of care that we're talking about right now right uh it could mean gnosis which is about knowledge get, gathering all the information to make sure you get the answer correct but it's also gravitas which means in the latin language heavy importance true great importance that should not be overlooked this is a matter of gravitas right so it means take it seriously gravitas means seriousness not everything is a matter of making a joke about it or laughing 
things can happen that are going to be extremely serious to people when lives are going to be on the line. It's going to be a matter of life and death. People aren't going to be laughing and making jokes about it, making memes about it when they're dying, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that G in the middle of the compasses and square also represents the word gravitas in Latin, which means incredible importance, weight when it comes to seriousness, you know, not, not physical weight per se, uh, you know, but very serious matter of importance that should be paid correct attention to, that should really be focused upon, right? Again, that's a big, you know, um, you know, theme coming up in that in the, the funnel conference, the Freedom Under Natural Law Conference. It's about focus, you know, it's about really paying attention to what's truly important. This is what we have to steer people back toward doing, that realizing that the the, the only true matter of grave fundamental importance is does a person truly know what rights are does a yeah. person truly know the difference between right and wrong behavior or are they confused regarding it which is a very serious matter and shouldn't be overlooked and think about how sad of a state that is that people on our planet grow up into physical adulthood, biological adulthood, never truly having even considered or having been taught the true difference between right behavior and wrong behavior. That is not just sad. That is a matter of cosmic importance because that not being done on a planet is a cosmic crime in the universe. That's how serious of a matter it is. That's cosmic weight, cosmic crime is what's being done on our planet. That we are not educating our children to understand right from wrong. And they are growing into biological adults still in complete confusion and ignorance regarding right and wrong. Yeah. I had a conversation with my five-year-old son today about the difference between right and wrong. This is how early where we've started earlier all right sure. I, I started you know a couple of years ago really but it's a slow process right you don't you don't need to overwhelm a young mind but you ease them into it teach them it as if they don't have a chance to know anything else that's just the knowledge that's being given to them it's what's going in you that's know it. it's and that and that's that it's a it's a good program versus bad programming you're laying down the format on the, right. the, the those little beings uh mental hard drives you know you got to put oh. that format down and then start installing good software that's right it's all a computer analogy ultimately all of the all of those different uh all of those different possibilities of the g in the freemason symbol yes uh it's still they all just still come back to the element of care that's right all that's of them what unites all of it. That's the no highest. Matter. That's yeah. the highest energy that it is. That that's it's it's the generative principle, the generator, right? Yeah. The thing that generates the experience is ultimately what we care about. You know, you could call that the heart. You know, you can call that love energy, right? Right. But ultimately, it's cosmic care. 
it, it's not just like it's not romantic love, right? right? It's what do you actually care about creating in the world that you are living in? What do you care about leaving to future generations in the world that you are living in? The true care-based intelligence, heart intelligence is going to guide and dictate that, right? It's not going to be dictated by just just um you know, uh, intellect, right? It's important to have sharp intellect, right? Yes. You have to be able to analyze things. You have to be able to come to correct conclusions, right? A lot of self-defense comes from, uh, from, uh, from the intellect. Of course it has to, you have to have a sharp intellectual acumen if you want to really understand how things work and not be deceived. Right. But ultimately, if you don't truly care from a heart-based perspective of intelligence, you're not going to care about what's true or false. You're not going to care about what's right and wrong. You're not going to care about speaking the truth to others. You're not going to do the great work. You're not going to become a person who actually reaches out to others and attempts to help them in their moral education and upbringing, you know, and that's what we're all ultimately here to do for each other and to support each other in that, that journey, that journey of learning and growth. Yeah. Make course corrections along the way if necessary. And it's, and, and, you know, when, when we've been kind of growing up in this world full of lies and you know deception and violence you know when somebody comes along and they actually are enacting care toward another person a lot of the times the person that's being shown such care they they get turned away from it they think that they're being swindled or taken for and that's unfortunate that's very sad uh, even when a genuine act of care comes along a, a person could still think that they're being you know that, that the wool's being pulled over their eyes on something so much deceit has happened to people and trauma that uh you know trust is a is a difficult issue for many people you know you see people in the uh truth-telling community constantly being accused of all oh, that person's an agent or they're working <laughs> for whoever and it's like I've met many, many people, their intent is well-placed and they're trying to do the best that they can. We're all human. We all have failings. No one is perfect. You know, you have to take the good with the bad. You have to, you know, uh, take the really uh, good gems that are put out there, take them, run with them, leave the rest, you know, and, uh, you know, stop. A lot of people have to just stop sowing discord because they can't imagine anybody can actually be a true good agent for for goodness and true positive change because, you know, they've been deceived so much. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a bad situation when people have given over to their trauma to such an extent where they lose the ability to. Uh, and I'm like, I don't even want to use the word trust. Like, yeah, okay, we can say it's a matter of extend a little bit of trust to another individual to at least give them a chance, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's they don't even want to hear what they're what other people are saying they just immediately jump to say oh they, they have to be on the inside they can't have learned this on their own and want to uh in a benevolent way help other people to improve themselves and, and learn the truth for themselves absolutely people can take that approach and, and be genuine good people like that without being some type of agents or whatever it's like this this jaded attitude you you see it so much in the in the so-called truth community and it's again it's not it's not doing a service to humanity it's not helping anybody uh the those people's energy who constantly insist that oh everybody's an agent you know 
their energy would be much better spent. Go out and put the truth out into the world yourself. Stop bothering me even talk about other people. You know what I mean? Uh, just do the work yourself, uh, you know, and don't worry about what other people are doing. You know, let them do their thing. You do your thing. You know, and if everybody took that approach, we'd see a lot more voices of, of truth out in the world helping to change things more quickly than the pace, that the snail's pace that it's going at, you know? Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate that people jump at each other's throats like that. It's something I see quite often, and it just always makes me shake my head, you know? But it's like, no, we don't always have to agree. And it, most of the time, you know what, not even about the agreeance, the, the agreement on a topic or whatever, but most of the time you just see people getting super personal about things and taking taking things out of context or misunderstanding things and 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 it just relationships fall apart and next thing you know everybody's calling each other you know uh controlled opposition or a shill or this or that or the all these you know uh, all these pejoratives you know that 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 get flown that get flying around you know it's it's just very unfortunate how quickly people lose sight of the ultimate goal is freedom and, and we're all and, and just, we're all doing this together. Exactly. Like, and just getting the, on the same page about first principles. Let's yeah. start there, right? Yeah. Let's just make an effort to get people on the same page about objective morality. What actions constitute wrongdoing? And agree not to do those behaviors and agree that those behaviors shouldn't be done by other people either. That no one gets special privileges to do wrongdoing to other people. You know, this is general guiding first principles. That's how you build a solid foundation. You know, yep. all the elaborate detail work at the, on the top floor, we can do that later. We can leave that until later, right? Let's get the principle. Don't actively initiate harm to other sentient beings first. That's why it's called a principle. It needs to come first. Principia in Latin means that which is first. Things which come first before anything else, you know, establish the principle, then go beyond the principle. But unless you establish the principle firmly in the mind first, don't go beyond that. Stay there until the principle is firmly established and understood, then move beyond to, to other details. Uh, a lot of people don't get that philosophically. You know, they they want to go to the extreme uh, example or the extreme, uh, you know, exception to the rule. Don't start from there. Start with the rule itself, right? And I, I mean the rule from a natural law perspective, not obviously not a man's, not hu uh, <laughs> humanity's perspective. Start with the rule in nature, which is the principle, and then build on top of that as a foundation. And then you'll be building upon solid foundational ground and you won't build a uh, a structure that will not stand uh, on its own and, uh, be, uh, you know, on solid ground to, to build upon. What do you, what, like what, what kind of, uh, well, let me ask you this way. What, what, how often do you get responses to, to, um, many of the things that you talk about people and I get this, I get this response. So I wanted to ask you what, what you, what you think um about I get how... so many emails every day i can barely <laughs> i i can't answer i can't it would be well, impossible i would do nothing but answer emails so well, i'm sure back in your lot, early days a lot you... of response but uh and it's all largely positive it's ve there's very 
few people, believe it or not, that that try to contact me for negative interaction. <laughs> believe it or not, uh, you would think it would be the opposite, but it's very few people, uh, and uh, even the people who have done that have later come back and apologized. I, that's been my experience. Believe yeah. it or not, my experience has been even people who have really been very asshole-ish to me, for lack of a better adjective, okay, in email interactions, many of them have later come back and said, I apologize. I could not understand what you were saying because of my lack of knowledge and my ignorance. I finally kept going further in this information because I kept looking it up and hearing about it from other people. Then they said things that brought me back to your work and I listened more and then I got it further and they have apologized to me. Like, which is, that's almost an exceedingly rare thing generally in life. Uh, but I find that that's the kind of general response I've gotten because I've really stuck to my guns and continued to do the right thing, continue to do the great work and put the information out into the world and try to build a stronger community, a, a network, et cetera, of more people who are doing that to get it into the world in a greater way. And that's how natural law works. It brings you, if you're actively doing the things that you should be doing and you keep doing them, it, it brings you positive response rather than negative. Now, that's not going to work in every single, it's not necessarily going to be the case for every single detail of your life because people have free will and they can choose to screw with you in many different ways. So there are other things that do happen that uh, it's just somebody who's, you know, doing a negative thing. They don't care about what's right or true and you're affected by it. We're all affected by each other's behaviors. You know, nobody's an island that stands on their own separate from everything everybody else does. Uh, that, that's why we have to make improvements in the aggregate. You know, it's a very dangerous proposition in, in many religions and in new age philosophies or ideologies, I should say, that they say, just worry about yourself. Just worry about how you are and then just live for your bliss and happiness. That's, that's, a satanic way of living in the world. That's like, don't really care about anybody else. Just get your house in order. No, that's pure selfishness. That's not really long-term helping the world. Long-term helping the world is yes, get your house in order first, but then help other people get their house in order. That's equilibrium. Okay. Equilibrium, which leads to a true better state of the world is yes, bring, bring, equilibrium and homeostasis to the extent that you can within your own house so that you're in a position where you can help others get their house in order too. And it doesn't mean help other people at your own expense. See, there's a balance there that has to be struck, right? You got to, you have to get your work in order and be equipped to do what you need to do. And you can't let other people drag you down from that effort either. I feel I'm very focused in that maintaining that state where I don't, I try not to take on other people's problems to the extent that they will drag me down and I won't be able to get my work done, but where I am able, I will assist others. And I'm publicly doing that in the greatest way that I know how through information, because again, the old saying, you can help a person, you know, a, a pro procure their food for the day and you feed them for a day. But if you showed them how to procure their food, they can procure it for a lifetime. Okay. And that's what I'm trying to do with my, my greater body of work. But if I'm in a position to help somebody in 
real life. I will do it to the extent that I am able on the terms that I am able to do it on without being dragged down into a, into a quagmire of sorts and then not be able to do what I need to do. So you need as an individual to maintain that type of balance and equilibrium when it comes to being altruistic toward others. It's like you can't only ever just do for others because then you're not going to be doing what you need to do for yourself and your own work. And, you know, you can't be so selfish that you never, you know, attempt to improve other people's lot in life, you know, especially by giving them, putting the truth out there into the world with the power of your voice and the power of media that you're capable of creating. You know, and to that end, I try to teach people how to do that, right? Not just tell them to do it, right? I could, I could scream at them to do it all day, but I also try to make the effort to say, here's the methods by which you do it. So it's the same thing with like the information, right? You could tell them the information and you, you could, you know, even get a, a, angry at them that, oh, you're not getting the information, but you can give them the tools to be able to procure and understand the information for themselves. Uh, and that's called autodidactic learning. That's called learning that is self-directed, self-directed learning, right? So if you give people the tools to do that, they don't really need you after that, right? I want people not to need me. I don't want to be someone's guru. I don't want to be their crutch. I don't want to be who they rely upon to get this information. I want to show them how to do it how to apply the trivia method to understand it and then to act rightly upon it. And then it's off to the races and you do it yourself. You don't need Mark Passio. I don't want anybody to need Mark Passio. I don't, I don't like clingy people. Okay. I, I want, I want people who are driven, who have a lot of willpower, who want to learn, who are open-minded and then who will take that information and they'll run with it, do it themselves, learn how to research themselves. Similarly, when I say put the information out there for others, speak the truth into the world, again, the theme of this whole broadcast, I want to show people how to do that. I don't just want to tell them to do it. I want to put a tool set in their hands for the actual method of learning how to make that media and how to put that out there publicly for others as I have done, as you're doing, as many people on the One Great Work Network and, and in other uh, places in our world are doing. So to that end, you know, I teach these methods. Uh, if you want to see the whole problem is most people don't know how to communicate in the modern world. I hear it all the time. I'm bad with tech. I don't like tech. I don't like computers. I don't want to learn it. Right. Uh, I tried to learn it and I'm no good at it. And, you know, it's all mental resistance. This is what I tell people. You've made a poor effort. A lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to be like, they want to be coddled and they want to be told, oh, you've done it to the greatest extent of your ability. Most people haven't. Most people haven't truly, really tried. Most people have done a half-ass effort of trying and then they give up. Because that's what they were taught to do when they were young. It, like if they made a great effort to try to do something and they were failing at it, more people than not told them, let that go, drop it, forget about that. What are you worried about that for? Instead of saying, push through to completion, use your will to accomplish that if you want to get it done. See, I was never the kind of person that was a give up artist. 
ever. I was a willful child. I was a willful teenager. I, I became a willful adult. People want to break down people's willpower because they don't like to see them using willpower to accomplish good things. And, and then they look at them, oh, you're better than me because I didn't use my willpower to do those things and, and to change and improve and grow, right? So that's why I tell people more likely than not, you failed because you didn't really truly try hard enough in the right ways. And that's a... That's a, it's one of those points of contention that gets you into one of those uh, areas where you're butting heads with people and it becomes almost belligerent. Yet it's true. Okay. And I try to explain to people who say things like this, you're, you're looking at modern communication. You're looking at modern publishing. You're looking at modern information, not only gathering techniques, but dissemination techniques in all the wrong ways. And you're looking at the ways that you might be able to do those things and contribute to this effort in all the wrong ways. The people who in the, the programs that I have created and put forward, and of course, I'm talking about my How to Become the True Media seminar, which uh, is the enrollment is closed. We're starting mm -hmm. in two days. We're starting on July 11th, our first class, which will be a 23 class seminar uh, all the way through December of this year. Um, I tell them the people who are going to go furthest in speaking the truth to others, the people who really want to get their voice out to the world and the people who are going to do that the most effectively are, and the ones who are taking the course that I'm offering to try to get people to give them the tool set to understand how to do that effectively and efficiently. The ones that are going to do it, they're going to take the ball and run with it, are the ones who are going to change their perspective about technology and what you're capable of doing with it because the people who out there who are like luddite type people they're going to sit and and continue to think all this technology is bad look at it, what it led to look at the control system that it led to look at how much tracking it led to and how much propaganda they're able to put out into the world yeah do you know why you aren't using the technology for the exact opposite to put the truth out into the world to publish what is true to create media and put it before other people's attention and say, consider this and you'll understand a little bit more about our world and where it's headed and what you can do to help take it in the opposite direction to something that is much better. You can't look at technology as a one bladed knife or sword. It's not, it's two edged. It's two blades, one yeah. on each side. One's the dark side, admittedly, but one's the light side that you can put the truth out into the world through that blade, okay? But you have to learn the method. See, the enemy's hiring people with all the billions and trillions that they have to lie to people, to publish nonsense, to keep the worldview stuck in darkness and stuck in uh, giving up and you know seeing things from a totally negative perspective. Technology can do the opposite if we use it the right way. Right. It's just a tool like any other tool. It's not good or evil in and of itself. It, what we do with it makes it bring good or evil into the world. OK, like any other tool. So what I tell people who are Luddites like that and who don't want to understand the modern method of communicating your voice 
is creating media like this and putting that out into the world publicly on this vast information resource that we have available unto us called the internet. That is how most people who are awake today have woken up. I ask people in my seminar, how did most people that you know who even consider themselves partially awake wake up? Did they wake up from letters being written from other knowledgeable people? Knowledgeable people, yeah, they 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 went over here, they took their quill pen, right? They got their quill pen and they started uh, <laughs> forming a handwritten letter They, they on parchment. They sealed it up. They put a stamp on it. They mailed it to you. You know, is that how people woke up who consider themselves, quote, awake today? No, right? Will some people tell you, well, they woke up from reading a lot of books and some people will tell you that, right? But mostly older people will tell you that. Most people who consider themselves awake and aware today will say, I learned the bulk of the content that I learned by watching digital media that I downloaded or streamed from the internet. Let's be honest. Let's be realistic. That is the place where most people in the modern world got the information that they got to wake themselves up. They got yeah. it from media that was created and distributed through the internet. That is called modern communication and modern publishing techniques. Then ask yourself the question, how many human beings in the world actually know those techniques? How many people can do that, can create media and then publish it onto the internet? And then ask yourself why we're losing the spiritual battle that we are in. The people who are actually getting the most digital content created and onto the internet for most people's eyes and ears to see are the dark side. Because they have billions at their disposal. Most people want to just work for a paycheck and they'll go and do their bidding, follow their orders and publish whatever content they want them to publish and say whatever ridiculous lies and propaganda they want said and put out to other people. Unless we counteract those narratives with truthfulness, with our own voice and our own creations of media that we put on the information resource called the internet, do not expect the dynamic to change in the long term. Once again, if you want the room cleaned, you got to assess how dirty the room is. You got to get the cleaning supplies together. Then you got to actually do the work. If you want the information to reach people's eyes and ears so that the world changes from a moral perspective, then you have to learn the truth of the matter about what's really going on and the truth regarding morality, then you have to create the media that people need to see and hear, and then you need to publish it. Otherwise, the job doesn't get done. It's not an automated process. We are the voice of the truth, and we have to speak the truth into the universe because that is how true change and positive change actually is driven in our world. And that's how true change manifests in our world. So what you're saying is, is that, uh, is that having a, a podcast isn't a waste of time having a podcast that when you're speaking about objective morality, when you're speaking about, you know, the speaking the truth and trying to influence change through a technology, through technology like this, uh, is, is not a waste of time. It's not a fruitless effort. If you effort. reach one human being and change them, you haven't wasted your time. 
um, you know, I often get really negative and dark and think that my work's been a waste of time, but it hasn't for the people that it's changed. I want it to happen faster, right? right. I don't want immediate gratification, but I want to see progress, right? I want to see snowballing progress, okay? I, I don't want to just see something that stays like this or maybe just goes like this. I want to see things going like this where... I can see, I, I, I'm not one of these people that says, don't expect change to happen in your lifetime. No, that's, I call that playing to lose, right? I'm not playing to lose. I'm playing to win. I'm playing that I want to be such an influence. I want to be such an inspiration. I want to be so powerful in the speaking of the truth out into the world that I helped to inspire other people to change, that we make the change go exponential, not even linear, okay? If I don't work for that goal hard enough to try to inspire that goal, then I'm playing the lose, right? And right. you can't just get down just because it's not happening as fast as you want. I fall victim to that sometimes, right? Admittedly, you got to keep going. You got to keep pressing forward. You can't ever give up. If you give up, you're just admitting defeat. You're just going to let evil run amok. You're going to let the boulder crush you, right? Even if it seems hopeless, the correct thing to do is push forward. Use your willpower to push forward because other people will see that and taking and take inspiration from it. You don't know who you're influencing. You might influence also somebody who is in a great position to create change single-handedly. Who knows? Who knows who eventually listens to uh, the voice that you know the information that we're putting out through the power of our voice and could uh, perhaps greatly influence all of society. We don't really truly know that long term into the future. And I try to remind myself of that, although I can I can feel very depressed and, uh, you know, uh, very, um, you know, despondent about it. Some days uh, I am just as human as anybody else with the same emotions. And uh, when I see where some minds are at, I, I mean, it is it, it, it's deplorable. And it is yeah. very, uh, it can be depressing in many instances if you don't try to maintain a, uh, a tempered view about it and uh, not fall into too negative of a worldview. And again, that's not saying don't go in the other direction and start seeing the world through rose colored glasses either. You got to maintain that honest, realistic perspective. It could be, it could be challenging to do that. Uh, I think that's what helps me just stay on point and keep moving forward is that I do not tread either one of those perspectives, the rose colored glasses or the total doom. They're going to take you off the path. The middle path is the way, which is the realistic perspective and keep pushing forward and never give up. Hey man, man, that was, that was awesome. Thank you for saying that, <laughs> you know, uh, um, a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, sure. I, I, I wanted to ask you just straight up is, and I, I think I already know the answer. So it might be a rhetorical question. Is there any, uh, is, is there any shape that government could ever take where it is legitimate, where it is a good, a net positive? No, because, because the very definition of government is commands of compliance, right? So, I can't give people commands of compliance to even do the right thing, right? 
I can tell them this is the right thing to do. I can't command other people's behavior. Government isn't suggestion. Government is authority, right? Without the concept of authority to command, there's no such thing as government. That's, that's its inherent characteristic that defines it, right? So we have words for a reason. They're defined. So to define means you're taking it out of the sphere of the infinite and you're making it mean limited things, right? So the, the answer to that question is we have to truly define what government is. And I feel I have done that in my work. Yeah. Uh, pretty much ad infinitum, right? Yeah. Uh, but you can, uh, if you want a good lengthy definition of what government truly is, I'd recommend Larkin Rose's book, uh, The Most Dangerous Superstition. Uh, Larkin is, of course, on the One Great Work Network, a, a great modern philosopher. And he went to painstaking effort mm -hmm. to truly philosophically define what government actually is and the characteristics that it constitutes. Uh, you know, other other writers throughout history have done this, philosophers as well, Lysander Spooner, uh, Murray Rothbard has done a pretty good job of that, even Ron Paul in the modern day. Um, and uh, Paul still is, uh, you know, allegedly a limited government guy. I think, you know, in his in his public life, he is in his private life. I think he's more of an anarchist. He's trying to educate people to the evil of government. But that aside, there is a correct definition of what government actually is in our world. Now, if you're only talking about internal government, meaning I control my own mind, my thoughts, emotions, and actions, that's my government of myself, right? I am governing, meaning I'm controlling my own behaviors. That's not what we're talking about as quote unquote government in the world, meaning externalized government as an institutional body within humanity. No, there is no possibility that that can ever be good because that operates according to force whether it is in the right or not. So if it operates according to force in the right, that's a natural right of defense and is something that everybody has the right to anyway. If it operates according to force when it's not in the right, that's called violence and no one has that right ever and it cannot be delegated to any group of people and called authority or government and it becomes magically a moral right. So, uh, those who believe that government can become something that is good or used to serve humanity have to get down to the actual correct definition of what the institutional body in the world called government actually is and does and what its definitive earthly characteristics are. And if we are honest about those things, then we will come to the moral conclusion that it is always operating according to violence and according to coercion. And again, that can never become a right, no matter how many people believe it to be so, or people want to advocate or delegate that quote unquote right, which isn't really a right, it's a wrongdoing to someone else. Again, the main thing to keep in mind is attribute the behavior to yourself. That's it. That's the only operating principle you need to do. That takes care of everything philosophically slash morally. Okay. If you just look at the behavior that is being advocated in the institutional body of government. Okay. And then say, do I have the right to do this to another being? And be honest, you will find that government 
has no right to exist. It has, it does nothing that is ultimately truly good for humanity. Okay. And people want to say, oh, we need policing, right? Policing shows up after the act to try to then go find the person that did it and punish them instead of moral education so that the wrongdoing behavior doesn't happen in the first place. That's called playing to lose. Every cop in the history of humanity since the concept of policing and military has existed are playing to lose. They're not truly moral individuals, obviously. They're order followers, right? And if they stopped following orders, they'd be fired from their institution. And they really tried to follow conscience. They would be fired from their institution, okay? But the whole idea is, in general, every person who has misplaced the intent to try to help humanity and placed it in the basket of we're going to control people and punish them for wrongdoing. You got it wrong from an axiomatic level. You got it flawed from the axiomatic level. You didn't attack the problem correctly to begin with. That's why they're largely low IQ individuals. And I'm not going to say IQ is the big measure of holistic human intelligence. Okay. But they don't understand systems level thinking. They don't understand wider perspective dynamics of how whole systems operate as one huge overarching structure. They're, they're very myopic as beings who are trying to use their limited brain power to see a larger picture. Unbelievably myopic. And they've misplaced their intent to say, I want a better future for humanity and I want people not to do bad things to each other. And they've put that in the absolutely flawed and incorrect axiom of control is the answer. You're completely incorrect. Only education can ever be the answer. And if education toward the moral is refused by the body of humanity, the right of self-defense up to War still exists within each individual up to any level of deadly force, including massive war, still exists and can be done, can be enacted as a human right. This is what every cop does not understand. This is what every soldier does not understand. This is what every person in the institute of any aspect of government that has ever existed still does not completely philosophically understand. You have to understand what rights are in the apophatic sense, meaning what you do not have the right to do or participate in or condone. And you also have to understand it in the cataphatic or positive sense of when something is done that infringes upon or attempts to destroy your right, what behaviors do you have the right to respond with? Hmm. And that's a very, very difficult pill to swallow for most human beings because we want to rationalize, we want to euphemize, we want to justify all of our incorrect and morally wrong thinking and behaviors. And when you're, we're called on that bullshit, then 
people get defensive and go on the attack against the person who is speaking the truth. Again, the biblical allegory, right? Again, I, I talk about biblical allegory as much as I talk about occult symbolism sometimes. It doesn't mean I believe in religion. It means that I understand the allegorical principle that is attempting to be communicated through the religious tradition. It's not the same as accepting it as a religion or believing in it from a histor historistic uh, aspect, okay? But it teaches a valuable moral lesson. In the story, the allegorical story of Jesus in the New Testament, when he is being crucified by the Roman authorities and Pilate is saying, I'm washing my hands of this individual. What do you want done with him? Or who do you want me to release between the barbaric murderer and rapist Barabbas or a person who simply said, we shouldn't take the approaches that we've taken in humanity and we should try not to do violence to each other and love each other. Jesus, who do, who do you want released? And in the biblical allegory, they, they say in the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament say, the crowd cried out with one voice, all in unison, everyone in complete agreement, release Barabbas. We want him in the body of humanity, and we want this other man who tried to explain there's a better way of living, there's a better way of thinking, there's a better way of treating each other, murdered. That's where humanity is at. That's where humanity has not changed an iota since those biblical allegorical stories were written down. It still wants to murder the truth and those who are speaking it. And guess what? Even in light of that, especially in light of that, in spite of that, that's where we need to power forward. That's where we need to push through with unimaginable resolve in spite of that attitude. We still should not give up and should speak the truth, not even because we will, quote, win, we will come out on top, we will be the victors, the, the world will come out the way we want it to. Those all could be ancillary reasons. But the reason the truth has to be spoken into the universe is for one reason and one reason only, simply because it is the morally right thing to do. And that defines who we are as individuals, nothing else. Nothing else defines who an individual is except for the behaviors that they take in a time where violence and immorality are the rule. That's how you truly test your metal. That's how you truly show the entire universe what you're made of. And that's the attitude we have to take if we're going to turn this thing around even a little bit. I've been saying it a lot lately. I, I've been saying it a lot that we need to start uh, retuning, uh, adjusting our perspective and to start doing the right thing over what is easy. That's right. Because that's how we're going to get out of this mess. Start not, because not that's, what got us, easy. that's what got us into this mess. That's was right. Taking, taking the easy road. Exactly. Getting exactly. out of it, it's going to take taking the high road, the right that's road. Right. And we, that's the only solution. Doing what is right is not what's easy. It's very no. easy to do what's wrong. <laughs> you just sit back and do nothing. Yeah. It's real simple. Exactly. You let other people no effort. do things and you go, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I don't want to get my hands dirty. You go ahead and do it. And I'll, and I'll, you know, 
I'll, right, uh, may create hardship for yeah. ourselves. And guess what? That we have to accept that burden. That's called accepting that cross and carrying it and going forward anyway. Even if you know it's going to lead to hardship, that's called, that's the cost of doing the right thing when the majority of humanity refuses to help and do that right thing. It yeah. doesn't matter. You got to say, that's their karma. They're going to do what they're going to do. And then they're going to be held responsible for what they did. Make no mistake about that. See, that's, I sleep unbelievably well at night unbelievably well like like a comatose sleep okay where i i almost cannot believe the depth of sleep because i know the universe is ruled by justice now during the day i sometimes get upset about what's going on and get a little anxious right because i'm intellectually thinking about it but at the true subconscious and soul level right there's total there's there's inner peace because i know i did the right thing for the right reasons and my care was in the right place. And then I did the right behaviors in the world. So when I am judged according to the responsibility that I took or didn't take, I'm going to be okay. I have no problem with, with it. I, I, I don't feel any anxiety over that, right? The people who are going to, may not even feel anxiety over it, but the ones who are going to find out at some later point, because this universe is governed by justice. Whether anybody believes that it is not, that is the law of this entire place. We're in a free will zone. This is a free will based universe, but it is also governed by natural law, which is true cosmic justice. Okay. And each individual, according to what they did and did not do, will be held responsible for those behaviors. And guess what? That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That is exactly how the universe should function. The universe is functioning perfectly. It's us as a body, as a species, that's really screwed up. But it's not a problem with the universe. The universe is a wonderfully constructed machine of justice conservation. It conserves justice. That's what the universe does. It helps us to learn and grow. It provides the whetstone that we can sharpen our blade against, you know, and come to an understanding of what is true, what is right, what is good, and how to create those things that we say we want for ourselves, or how to ignore those laws and get the de facto, get the default condition of entropy and, and chaos. So again, that's great news, right? Yeah. That means who's it up to? It ain't up to anybody else. It's up to us. Like it, we can change it. We just have to work hard to do it. It's not easy. It's going to be hard work. That's why the effort is called the one great work. It's not called the, 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 the party, you know, the, the, whatever, uh, dance party, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the one great rave. Yeah, one, exactly. Yeah. It's not called the one fun rave, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> Trying to and think you know of the what? music like, that is played, what like uh, dubstep. It's not the right. one big dubstep rave. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's the one great work. Okay. But on the bright side, when that work is done, if that work ever really truly gets done, which it never is done because it's constant, you're constantly doing that work. The labore at constantia. That's right. Hard work and persistence. That's right. Through persistence of hard work. So. There'll always be other challenges but the feeling, over the horizon. Yes. The feeling of doing it, of knowing the truth, 
of that and know, knowing that the, the of the truth of it of the matter and doing the right thing is so much better i, I can't and, say i would change it for anything even whatever hardships and suffering it caused i still wouldn't change it because what are you going to do go go to be uh go back to being totally ignorant go, go back to acting satanically go back to not caring no right. way I'd, no I'd never, I would never tr trade the change that happened to me at a fundamental soul level for anything, no you know, way. regardless of what it, what hardship it brings or what hardship it means in, in 3d reality for me. Same here. I have a couple more questions. I know we're, sure. we're approaching time, but I have a couple more questions. One of them is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, it says it on my shirt. You say it every week that you broadcast government is slavery would uh you care for people that aren't very familiar with your work to elaborate on that as much as you can and uh that's about it like i mean uh, i have a couple more things that i'd like to hear from you about after that sure well again we talked about the concept that government isn't suggestions right government isn't like uh you know um beneficent guidelines that we think you should live by so we'll publish these and say if you want to take these as words of wisdom you're free to do so if you don't you're free to do so right um it is authority driven and authority based if we're being honest right so you know people will get this incorrect and okay if they want don't want to truly analyze the definitions of words then uh, you know, they're going to get other things incorrect after that. It, it, it's, see, it's like the principle of being correct compounds itself as you go. Meaning if you build upon a fundamental flawed axiom at the foundational level, then you have inconsistencies in the foundation. Then if you try to build something on top of that, then, oh, this is going to be not working right now, you know, and your structure is unsound. Okay. You, that's why you have to get the axiomatic principle correct definitively all right so is government guiding suggestions or is government authority based and authority driven i think if anybody's being honest with themselves they subconsciously certainly subconsciously realize it and if they're really being honest and saying it honestly they'll become conscious at a conscious level they'll become aware of this at a conscious level that it is making a claim of authority upon another is the fundamental nature of government of the human institution of government again understand we are not talking about self-governance we're not talking about controlling our own thoughts emotions and actions internally inwardly that's called self-government self-governance that's a positive thing we all want that that's called truly exercising our sovereignty to control our own thoughts, emotions, and actions. And we want that. That's positive. That creates positive uh, manifestations and results in the world. We are talking here about the institutional body known as man's law and man's government that is instituted in every country and every municipality and locality on this planet. That is authority-based. Ask any person, is authority is government something that you have the choice to comply with or not according to them according to the people who lay down laws right is it participatory in the sense that it is voluntary and someone can say 
I agree with all of this. I'm going to take part in it. If someone says, I don't agree with all of this, I don't want to take part in it. Are they permitted to walk away and do that and not do that? Or is it forced upon them? If it is forced upon them, then it is a, it is, that is the very nature of authority. Authority says I'm in charge and you don't have the free will to say no. That's what authority is. That's the definition of what someone who is claiming authority over others actually is. If we're being honest with ourselves. Again, we can bullshit ourselves ad infinitum and say, no, that's not what authority is, right? And we're not talking about authority in the sense that you're skilled at something. I could, someone could look at me as an authority in computing because I'm skilled at it, okay? That's yeah. not the kind of, that's another definition of the, the, the connotative word that we use authority for, meaning someone who is in a, a position of being very skilled and being in a position to teach other people this skill or trade or craft. They're, hence, they're an authority in that field, not the definition we're talking about. Understand the actual definition that we're talking about is someone who is claiming the right to command other people to bring their actions into compliance with their will. Okay, the individual issuing the commands will. That is taking away, that is the removal of someone else's free will right not to participate in something. Therefore, the very underlying axiomatic definition and characteristic of government is coercion and violence. And if one's free will, we started the, the show talking about this, if one's free will to behave in the way that they wish is removed from someone who has not done, initiated harm to another sentient being, that is the definition, the literal definition of making a claim of ownership upon their person, their body. And that is called slavery. That is the definition of slavery. It is a, I, I'm going to go so far as to say that is not only a philosophically sound argument, that is a philosophically perfect argument with no chips in it anywhere. It's made of solid titanium, 10 billion miles thick. No one's going through that logic Unless they're not honest with themselves. They have to be forming a euphemization of the characteristics of what we're attempting to define philosophically for whatever reasons that they want to. Again, people do that for a billion different reasons. Uh, part of it may be that, that they may not want to look at the horror of the situation they're embedded in and recognize that they're being held under the conditions of slavery themselves. And many people don't want to acknowledge that and admit that to themselves. And, you know, again, that's the second axiomatic principle and or, quote, dictate of initiation into truth and into hidden knowledge or occultism. Stop dreaming. Mm -hmm. You got to tell yourself the truth about the conditions that you're in and you're surrounded by. You can't put on the rose colored glasses and say, I'm not enslaved. You got to be honest about the actual condition that you are embedded within, no matter how 
horrifying that situation is. And here's how horrifying and, re and realistic. Th this is the actual condition. We are living on a huge farm. This is one big farm. It's one big plantation with different, quote, gates or fences set up. Those are called countries, right? And there's human farmers in all of these different regions, and we're just living on one big farm. Yeah. That's what the human condition is. Animals living on a farm. George Orwell was trying to tell people this with his book, Animal Farm. Not <laughs> us. It's not about animals. It's about human beings. Yeah, even Pink Floyd's album, Animals, back in right. the 70s. It's and like we have to be inwardly strong, built up inside of our internal constitutions, so strong, so strong-willed that we accept that's what it is but we don't accept the condition. We accept that's the reality. That's the truth currently, but never accept that that condition is moral and never accept that it will be here eternally and never accept that it shouldn't be changed, accept that it will be changed. That's what you should accept. Start the sentence that I will, I will change this. I, I, I tell people I'm not looking for an escape. I don't want to leave this reality. I don't want to go on to another level of existence. I'm staying right here and I'm going to destroy this system. If it takes one quadrillion lifetimes, I'm here to destroy what isn't true or good. And I, if, if reincarnation is the way things work, sign me up for eternity on earth. I'm not interested in leaving until the human condition is no longer slavery. And I'll hold the door and be the last one out. I'll hold the door for everybody else and be the last one out if that's what it takes and that's what I have to do. Now, defeat that will. Come up against that will and try to defeat it. Good luck. Good luck. Because it's the will isn't from the physical being, Mark Passio. See, that's what people don't understand. It's not from the flesh. That that willpower doesn't come from the physical. It comes from the that, spirit. That's it. That's it. It, it, the, the flesh is simply the antenna to receive that will and then step into the slipstream of doing what that will ultimately wants to accomplish here. The vessel of action. That's it. Exactly. I have a, I have a, a fun question to ask you ever okay. since your, ever since your conversation with Bill Church that you did toward the end of last season, I've been wondering uh, what would your walk on music be if you were in the WWE? <laughs> I love it. Um, hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, maybe the final countdown. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a founder song. Maybe uh, kill the masters. <laughs> that that would shake people up. All right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mine would be. I, uh, I probably could have done that <laughs> when I was younger. If I, if I, you know, I was pretty uh, athletic and put it 
probably could have uh, been a good kayfabe actor. And, uh, you know, I, I have always liked pro wrestling, always went to the matches when I was young yeah. uh, with my dad and other family members. And uh, I still, you know, I still watch it for entertainment. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say, let me go with the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> I just imagine you coming down the ramp like, the fireworks I think, going I think, off. Uh, I think uh, Brian Danielson uh, did that. I think he uh, entered to Final Countdown in a in an independent promotion, hmm. if I recall correctly. So it probably has already been done. <laughs> well, you, it doesn't mean that you can't do it too. Right. right. <laughs> uh, who Who would be your ultimate matchup? Uh, let's see. How about um. Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm from a little bit of the newer, newer generation. You know, I, I went to some matches when I was a young, young boy as well. I saw some, uh, I saw some guys like John Cena and uh, like Rey Mysterio on yeah. there, uh, Mankind at, at one era. point. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so you know, I've always, I've always liked it. I don't really watch it very much. But uh, it's always been just silly to me, and it was yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's it is definitely silly entertainment. You know, that's yeah. my guilty pleasure. And but it can show you how um, you know acting works in the real world too. You know, the whole political structure is a big kayfabe structure in general. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it shows you how people are easily manipulated and swayed. You know, one thing happens and the villain becomes the good guy and vice versa, you know, yep. so shows you how mental uh, influencing and manipulation works in many ways. So one, yeah, one thing happens and next thing you know, chairs are being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just the real world, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, uh, the next thing I really want to get in before we call it a night mm -hmm. was um, I, I think I heard you talking about you, you teased something and it made me want to ask you what is next for you. You have on air set goals. And if I'm recalling correctly, you have accomplished and met each and every single one of the goals that you have set on air. Some of them longer than I've originally wanted to, but I generally accomplished them. Nonetheless. Yeah. With what I say, I want to do. Um, you know, one of the things I really want to do is, uh, well, I'm going to be participating in these two upcoming conferences this fall online, and I'll be putting out presentations on uh, de facto Satanism and PSYOPs uh, in each of them, um, <clears throat> one in each one, obviously. Uh, but there's a long form presentation that I've been researching and slowly putting together, and it's not nearly finished, but I would like to finish it when I have more time to focus entirely on it, which has been difficult with all of my other work, which is called the Dark Occult Origins of um, Nazism and Communism. And I mean, I lay out some deep connections there where I'm talking about how occultists influenced both of these traditions where we hear a lot about occultism and Nazism, but very little about occultism and communism. Mm -hmm. uh, we also hear a lot about the evils of Nazism, which it is truly evil and is a, a deplorable ideology, always has been. Uh, and even the, the forms of neo-Nazism that exist in the world are truly evil. But uh, we hear so much about that. We hear very little about the evils of communism and how many deaths it has caused in the modern world. You look at democide figures and communism has killed even more people than Nazism in the last uh, 100, 120 years, et cetera. Um, so, you know, people have to really understand that uh, these are really both Satanism in disguise. 
one is wearing a glove on the left hand and one is wearing a glove on the right hand and you remove them both and it's uh, it's hooves you know what i mean it's it's, mm. it's red, red skin and hooves you know obviously that's a, a you know symbolic interpretation i don't really believe in that form of quote the the christian devil but um you know this is what communism really is it's it's uh, uh communism and nazism are satanism in disguise as two different seemingly opposing ideologies that are two flip sides of the same coin they're two wings of the same bird um you know <clears throat> we see left wing and right wing the 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 totalitarian extremes are uh communism and nazism but then you go under the surface and those are just two masks of satanism under the hood and that's what i'm trying to expose i'm trying to explain that these are all the same ideology underneath and it's all dark occultism it's all satanism and i have a um a long form presentation slash um seminar that is proof of this and i'm going to eventually unleash that and i can't i don't want to say it's definitely going to come this year because it, it may take longer than that um I've done a lot of ravenous research on it. I have to formalize all that and make uh, aesthetically pleasing slides for the whole thing. Mm. And that's where I'm at, where I have a general, in general, an outline and what I want to accomplish during the whole thing. But to formalize the slides still has to be done. And that's going to take many, a few months minimum. I'm going to say at least six to eight months. So, um, for a presentation of this scope, which is probably going to be at least eight hours long, maybe nine hours. So uh, I don't want to give a timeline on it, but I will put it out uh, at some point. It's just, um, it's a colossal amount of work. I also want to uh, reach out to some other activists in the area and perhaps in the near future, start doing in-person natural law seminars again. I haven't done that for many years, and I'd like to see what kind of response I get from the general community here in the in the general Philadelphia vicinity, uh, because I got some good response the first time I did it, although it was small. I mean, there was like 10 students. Uh, I'm hoping maybe I could find a, a, a vicinity to deliver a, a multi-week seminar and maybe put at least 50 students in the class, if, if not more. But we'll see. That's another project that I'm maybe looking at in the, the near term future. That's great, man. It's uplifting to hear uh, uh, that you have plans for the future. It, it really is. Um, I'm not yeah. going to stop. I may take hiatuses from here, uh, here and there to just yeah. you know, preserve my well-being and health. But uh, I'm, I will not stop. No, that I can assure everyone. Can't stop. It, it's, it can't. It can't be stopped. Um, la last question. It's a short one. And then we can say our goodbyes. Uh, sure. Are you Jeremy Locke? I am not. Okay. No. And um, I would tell people if I was. A lot of people have asked me that and think that, that that is the case. No. He's a brilliant modern philosopher. Everyone should read End of All Evil. If you uh, are in any way confused about the human condition or the, the reality of what government is, what authority is, I highly recommend the book The End of All Evil. It's probably one of the best, if not the best philosophical books written in the modern era. Uh, you can certainly find a digital copy if you find a physical copy you're very lucky at this point because 
it only had one physical printing and was never reprinted. Uh, but uh, I am not Jeremy Locke. I would tell people if I was, I'd be proud of that work and I would make it public that I was him, but I am not. I would love to meet him in person. I would love to know who it is. Uh, and he probably chooses, uh, you know, sees fit to choose not to do that, not to become a public figure. And that's his right. Uh, but uh, he's definitely not me, but he's got my mad respect. I can tell you that because that work is a work of brilliant truth and brilliant moral philosophy. And everyone should know it and everyone should read it. Well, thank you uh, for, for that. I saw it on a... <laughs> Saw it on a chat, like a chat room. So, like, so odd so, that you would even mention that book today of all days. I picked it up in my house earlier today and was like, yeah, I got a physical copy of this. This is so, so awesome that I actually own a physical copy of this thing. And um, yeah. you know, then you mentioned it today. Uh, good synchronicity there. Every time I go to a flea market, every time I go to an antique shop or a consignment store or a bookstore, where they sell used books, I always go through, I ask, I look I, for that I, one. I look for it because the chances of finding a copy of it for like 20 bucks at a stack in a shop like that, they don't know what they have. If people want to read it, you can go to libgen.is, L-I-B-G-E-N.is. You could find just about any book there mm -hmm. and just type end of all evil, Jeremy Locke, L-O-C-K-E. And you'll be able to download it from there. Yep, uh, great can, resource. Uh, you can you you can go to freeyourmindne.com. Go and I think I have it up on awesome. the uh, on the PDF. I, there's like a literature page I, I set up. I think I have a PDF of it that you can download there as well. Take the search right out of it for you. Um, so last but not least, Mark, thank you for your time tonight. Absolutely. I really I really really appreciate it, man. It was great to meet you. Great to finally have a face face-to-face -face, even though it's through this you know call it's still to me very very awesome that we got to meet um on behalf of joe murray and myself thank you so much for participating in the uh the shattering the illusion conference it's, absolutely it's going to be great and you're you're uh, contributing to that very awesomely which presentation is it going to be though we want to know we want to know, Mark. <laughs> Shattering the illusion. Uh, I think I'm going to do um, psyops there. Uh, I'll do the um, de facto Satanism um, at Funnel 2, and I think I'll do psyops at uh, Shattering the Illusion. Excellent. Well, that's that's about it, man. Thanks. I, thank you. I can't say it enough. James, thank you. Great, great interview. Great questions. Uh, uh, best of luck continuing your show. Thank you for doing the great work and being part of the One Great Work Network. Uh, uh, awesome job here today, and uh, thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I'll see you in class on Monday. Absolutely. All Take right. care, everyone. All right. Thank you.